Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. We have been talking about supernatural experiences And one of the things we do when we start our program is to just relax, relax our physical body, but if necessary, also withdraw from what's going on in your outward circumstances, get away from activities, and even be thinking about what you're thinking about. We're talking about supernatural experiences, but we want to be open to whatever the Lord wants to talk to you about. So when we're coming to him, even in a learning situation, right now, he may not want to talk to you at all about what we're going to talk about. He may want to talk to you about something totally different. So go with him. What he has to say to you is far more important than what you may think you're learning in any other venue, whether it's a book or a conference. Everything while we're here on this earth is about bringing our being, spirit, soul, and body, reuniting it, unifying it into oneness. That's God's job. Our job is to learn to live and move and have our being as a spirit being. And that involves getting our life, our needs met, our satisfaction, our identity from who we are as a spirit being. Not a supernatural being, not a natural being, spirit being. So it's totally different than the way we usually approach learning about God. So let's just take a moment and let the Lord reveal himself. You don't have to convince him to be present. He is always present with you. Always. He can't not be present, because he is everywhere. He is present everywhere. And if you have any desire to know him, that desire came from him, only comes from him. Your enemies don't give you that desire. doesn't come from your soul. Your soul wants to maintain control. So if you have any desire to know him, to receive your life directly from him, within that desire is the promise that that desire will be fulfilled by him, by God. Because he does not tease us, does not lie to us or betray us. Now we often misunderstand and draw wrong conclusions but that's part of the process we're learning how to make mistakes and 
we learn more from mistakes than doing things correctly. But so we we focus and we rest gently and we make ourselves available to God himself, to whatever he wants to do in our lives, however he wants to lead and guide and direct, whatever he wants to heal, whatever he wants to restore, whatever he wa- life he wants to give. Remember, who you are as a spirit being is already fully united with God. So your spirit already has all the answers to all your questions. Your spirit, who you truly are, has no need. Every need has already been fulfilled. The processes with our soul and secondarily with our body. And that we'll deal with another time. But your soul is being freed from its own beliefs and wounds and family history and generational curses and living in this world and dealing with the supernatural. So there's a lot your soul is having to deal with. But your soul has gotten used to doing it its own way. But God says, I am the way. This is the way. Walk in it. He is the way. He's the one who sets your feet on a path. Now, one of the things that we really have a challenge with is this whole concept of prayer. We get the idea that we can qualify somehow to get God to answer our prayers, to do what we want him to do, do what we're asking him to do. And we, you know, we twist ourselves up into pretzels and we come up with, especially if it's something really traumatic, we come up with, you know, what can we do to get God to, to move on our behalf? you know, um, pleasing him, getting enough people to pray, praying rightly, as if if we say the wrong word, God isn't going to help us or bless us or heal us or rescue us. If we say one little thing wrong, or if there's 99 people in a prayer chain and in order to get God to move, there needs to be 100. So since there's only 99, he won't move on our behalf. And I think a lot of things we perceive, we think we know, we need to have second and third and fourth look at. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, They were not spirit beings. This is one of the things I'm always fascinated by. 
what his disciples were capable of doing, the miracles that they did. Jesus encouraged them to do while they were still dead in their spirit. To me, that that says that there's something in the soul that has an effect in the supernatural and the natural realms. We've talked about this before. But Jesus encouraged his disciples, if you speak to the mountain and say, be moved, it will be moved if you have faith. He didn't say, after I died and resurrected, been resurrected. He said, no, now. And when they were leaving the the town who had been so mean to them, they turned and asked Jesus, shall we rain fire down on them? They seemed to have confidence that they could do that. They didn't say, Jesus, would you do it? They said, shall we do it? And then he sent them out two by two, and they were astonished that the demons, the devils, responded to them. Again, all before they were born again, before they were Christians. So while they were still dead in their spirit, there was something still that was stirred up in their soul but it was stirred up by being in the presence of God. And we have set our productivity bar that in order to get God to move or for us to have an anointing or a promise met or have miracles happen, for instance, anything to happen, a gift exercised, that we have to achieve something great. We have to have someone pray for us. We need to have a special gift or be in a special place, a special situation or position. When the example is that when our soul is in the presence of God, Our soul is stirred to respond, to respond to the spiritual, to respond to the presence of God. And this is why the more time you spend with him, even without recognizing anything happening or perceiving anything happening, being in his presence, in the presence of spirit, in the presence of God, stirs up your soul. It also stirs up your body. For better or for worse. If you're struggling with something with God and he's put his finger on something in your life and you're resisting him, when you spend time with him, that's going to become more and more evident. A lot of times circumstances in our lives get worse because he is responding. When we make ourselves available to him, we are basically acknowledging his sovereignty in our lives. 
saying, Lord, I give you permission to do whatever you want, whatever's necessary. Now we start with the whole idea that we can trust him, not because we have a certain amount of faith or because we believe something or because the Bible says so or because our pastor says so or any other reason, but because we know his nature. We know the nature of God. His nature is to love. It is love. God is love. We can't even comprehend what that means. We think we know what love is. We really have his love created all existence. And we would not be able to contain his love, his pure love, in the vessels, in, with the soul we have, which is one of the reasons this is such a long process. Now, in our spirit, we already are experiencing his full love. But what his love, what his nature, his character looks like to us is he gives it. He is a giving God. That's what his love does, is it gives. That's why our needs are already met. Because he can't help himself. He loves you because he can't help himself. It's not dependent on how perfect you are or how hard you pray or how many people are praying or how important it is to you or how emotional you are or how, many, how long you fast or, or sacrifice or anything. It doesn't matter. It's all about God's nature, not yours. Because you and I are still in process. And I think we're going to be there for a while. Which means that that process is more important than the results. Developing our habit. We've talked years upon years about what the most important habit is. Turning to God. Something's you got a question about something, you turn to God first. You have something going on in your life, you turn to God first. You're having an experience, you turn to God first. Lord, is that you? And you start there. And just that turning, first of all, it turns you away from what is causing anxiety and fear your enemies, because we do have enemies, because God put them there. God put The enemies you have in your life, God put there. You know, God doesn't have any enemies. God does not have any enemies. He has tools, speed bumps, roadblocks, that he created for his purposes. In God's mind, in his heart, in, as his being a creator, we, we think in, in terms of angels and demons. For God, they're equal. They're, they're both equally important to us. Now, there's more supernatural beings than just angels and demons. But 
those are the most common, the good, the good critters and then the bad critters, those who work against us and those who work for us. Well, they all work for us. They are all working on our behalf. Now, one of the things that starts happening with, with all of us as we start experiencing some of these things is they can be a distraction. And we don't want them to be a distraction because what? We want to turn to him. We want to stay on that path. So we develop our habits about when we spend time with God, how often we spend time with him, But also what that does is it reinforces how we value the process over the results. If you start judging how you're doing by the results you're getting, it's going to result in misunderstanding. Because most of what God is doing in your life, which is those are the results that matter, God's not revealing to you. He may at some time, but he's not obligated to. He's not obligated to show you where you're being transformed and conformed. He's not obligated to let you know what his plans are for you. He's not obligated to do anything. Now, again, your spirit already knows. So when we need encouragement, we can relax in that and abide in that, that we're right on track, we're, we're listening, we're hearing, we're putting the one foot in front of each other exactly. We're doing what we need to do. We're doing what we can do. And what is that? Having done all stand. There's going to be times that there's things we need to do, so we do them. We take care of you know, there's an emergency. Okay, you take care of what what's, needs to be done. But then you just have the confidence that because you also are aware of his presence, you might hear from him. He might give you direction. He might give you guidance. Odds are he's just going to have you in the right place at the right time. Or he's going to have others in the right place at the right time. He's going to bring a song to you. He's going to bring a a person with the right word. Might be something you hear on the radio. Because you are already perceiving who God is in your life. Because you're spending time with him. Now what happens is our soul gets stirred up, the good and the bad. And we don't want to be distracted by that. We want to stay restfully focused on the Lord himself, on God. Now there's going to be times when he assigns projects. He might say, okay, I want you to learn how to, you know, how to raise the dead. So you look at your schedule and you go, okay, Lord, how many hours, for instance, how many hours a week do you want me to focus on learning to raise the dead? You can be that 
clinical, that objective about the process. You can say, I'm, right now, Lord, I'm spending, I'm waiting on you this much, this many hours a week. Do I reduce those hours and add, fill in the time you want me to work on raising, learning how to raise the dead, or is this something in addition to? Then, Lord, are there books out there that you want me to get? How do I learn to raise the dead? Are you talking about truly dead, physically dead people, or emotionally dead people? We start the process by being very objective, very clinical, very specific, and not being afraid to be, asking him questions. Because what are we doing? We're employing that process where we are in relationship with God. Where he says, you know, where he says jump and we say how high. Not, okay, well, if I jump, then this is going to happen. And did he really mean that this way? And is that really him? I don't know that that's in the Bible. Maybe Who should I ask to make sure that this is something that God would say? Well, if I jump, then this is going to happen. And it could affect this person. No, we respond we ask the questions of him we don't get off on our own soul we don't start following our feelings we don't start start following our circumstances and the consequences we don't look at the results we look at the process what is the process turning to god so the process is more important than the results we will often not know how we are doing. You know, and that's something we all so much want to know. How am I doing? How am I doing, Lord? And that's, that's a perfectly legitimate question. Ask him anytime you want. Lord, how am I doing? Am I missing you on anything? You know, anytime you have, those que- anytime you have any questions for him, it's better to get them out. Because you know what? He knows you have those questions. You're not slipping something by him, thinking, okay, he doesn't know I have these questions. It's better to get the questions out there. A lot of times he's been waiting for you to ask. A lot of times these are really big questions and very meaningful. Like, Lord, why did you let me do something so stupid when I was young? Or why did you let this happen? to me where were you why didn't you protect me some of these are really big questions and we get the idea that we're not allowed to ask but if you've got questions God knows you've got them your spirit already has all the answers and isn't it wise and prudent for the information that we already have in our spirit to be shared with our soul. God wants you whole and complete, spirit, soul, and body. But a lot of times we won't know how we are doing or where we're going or what's coming tomorrow. And 
This goes against we want to know so we can be ready. But that's taking things under our own control, isn't it? We want to be ready. We want to make ourselves ready. He says, you know, it's coming as a thief in the night. When you least expect it. Not when you most expect it. You know, we, there's all, always the grumbling about wars and rumors of wars and, and uh, earthquakes, and now we've got the virus, so it's the end of the world. It's like, no, that would be like an obvious time, you know, for God to end everything, however you want to believe that. But that would be an obvious time, the thief, when it's published in the newspaper that you've got gems in your safe and this is the combination. Somebody's going to come and try to get it from you. But we don't expect a thief, a thief in the night, when there's, when everything's quiet, when everything's calm, when everything's being taken care of. But he comes at all times, and he because he's always there. And so we don't we don't want to judge how we're doing by the results. In other words, if everything is quiet and peaceful, and you you feel like oh you're right in the middle of God's will, then you must be doing things right. And yet, then when everything's topsy turvy and stressful and chaotic. Oh, you must have done something. You must have missed him somewhere. When exactly the opposite is true. We rely on the process. Are you following the process? Are you turning to him? Are you spending the time with him? Pretty much that's it. Are you, when he gives you direction, are you acting on it? Are you saying, yes, Lord? Are you being honest and real with him? Those are hard things to do, and and we're in the process, but at least being, okay, yes, Lord, I, I accept that you love me. I may not always believe it. I may not always think it's true, but I accept that that's your nature so that you love me, and I'm available for you to do whatever you want. That's about it, because he's going to take care of everything else. Then we work on the assignments he's given us. Because even though we won't know most often how we're doing, we still gain the confidence that we are doing what we know to do to develop and enjoy our relationship with God. That regardless of the results, regardless of our circumstances, we're on the right track. He is leading us and guiding us and directing us. A lot of times we need encouragement. God knows that. He gives it. He gives us encouragement. He knows what we're like. He knows what we need. But the results will be of secondary importance. I love the story for it with Jean Guyon where she was in the this village where one of the cities and People who were sent home to die by the doctors would go and visit her because she was known for healing in her presence. And the one story of a woman who had heard this, who had a friend who was 
I don't know whether it was tuberculosis or cancer or something, who was sent home to die. The, the doctors had given up on her. And she talked her into coming and spending some time with, with this woman who has this, whose pe- people are healed in her presence. And so she took her there, and her friend went in and was speaking with Jean Guyon. As far as she knows, they were speaking. She came back out, and she could tell something had happened. And she asked, How, what happened? How, is everything okay? And she said, I have to know God. I need to know more of God. And she said, but, but what happened? Did any, is everything okay? Did, did anything happen? She said, I need to know God. I need to know more of him. I need more of God. And then she said, but, but the cancer, did you get healed of the cancer? Yes, yes, I got healed of that, but I need more of God. Our soul responds to the presence of God. Our body responds to the presence of God. But we don't judge how we're doing by our productivity, by, by, how, by the, our typical standards, how many gifts we've got, you know, active, how we stir others, how we evangelize, how the effect we have on others or on our community. Those are not how we judge how we're doing. We judge how we're doing by the process. Are we turning to God? Are we relying on him? Are we depending on him? Or are we trying to do it ourselves? So the process, again, is more important than the results. So thanks for tuning in. Drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org if you get a chance. Visit the website at therainersclub.org. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.